Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Tim Groves, Program Development and Partnership Manager for the Chartered Insurance Institute. And in this episode, I'll be talking to Laura Hancock and Florence Dennis. In this episode of the podcast, we're going to look back at the last week's Bieber conference and discuss some of the highlights and key takeaways that we got from the event. I'm joined today by Laura Hancock. Laura is Managing Director of Utree Insurance and also Chair of the CII Broking Community Board. And Florence Dennis, who is Lead Client Advisor at Partners And, and is also a member and chair of the CII's New Generation Current Cohort. Here is my conversation with Laura and Florence. Hello to you both, and thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yes. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me as well. (laughs) No, great to see you. Great to hear you guys. Thanks. Just before we really got into the questions, I just wanted to mention something about the recent changes that we've made, uh, where we've changed the name from the Society of Insurance Brokers to the CII's Insurance Broking Community, and just give you a little bit of a background into that. Um, Just to explain a little about why and what we have done, we ran a membership consultation at the end of 2021, and one of the learnings for us was that members were finding the society branding and the positioning quite confusing, and were unable to understand how all of the different parts linked up. So they told us that it felt like societies was a separate body from the CII rather than a feature of their CII membership. However, what was clear was that the members do want specialist communities and they want to receive sector-specific content that is relevant. It just needs to be positioned differently. So what we've been doing over the last six months is developing the offering so that it is simpler and provides more of what members want to see. Some of the things we've done include building the new community pages within the main CII website, which are now live, which we'll be using to share more information about each community and house all of the content that the boards create. We've also launched new LinkedIn pages, which we'll use to develop and grow in an online community and hopefully use it to engage members in more of a two-way conversations. Uh, We have one for broking, one for underwriting and one for claims. We also relaunched and revamped our monthly newsletters. So these now contain content that is relevant to each sector that you work in, as well as highlighting content and activity from other areas. And we also have rolled out feature supplements in each of the CII journals. So last month, you will see it was Claims Community Edition. And the next one will feature content and articles from the Broken Community, which is out in early July. The other thing we're starting to look at is how the CII community boards can work closer with local institutes so that we can hopefully support each other in serving members. And so far, the changes have been well received, but of course, we'll continue to listen and learn as we move forward. Okay, so um, Laura, actually, very quick question. You've obviously been part of some of these changes. Have you got any thoughts on it? Yeah, and I guess I'm still relatively new into the role of chairing the um Broken Community Board, which is why I keep forgetting the name. Um, <laughs> however, uh, my view on it is it's much more current. It says much more what we want to be. I think Society of Insurance Broking sounded sounded very formal and very grand. And one of the uh, potential negative impacts of this change was, was maybe taking away some of the importance of that board. However, I think the word community just says exactly what we're trying to achieve, which is more engagement across the entire broken community amongst our members. So um, I think it's a massively positive change. That's really good to hear because you're one of our most important stakeholders in this as, as well. So thank you. That's great. Yeah, well, fingers crossed that we'll develop it as we go. Okay, right. Let's uh, let's move on to the Bieber conference. 
So if I start with uh, Laura again, you, uh, what were your highlights from the Bieber conference this year? Goodness, um, it's such a, a, a difficult question because there were so many. So I've been going to the Bieber conference for over 20 years now and uh, both as a delegate, as an exhibitor um, and with various different uh, hats that I've worn in the industry and, and most recently with, with the CII as the chair of this board. So this, this year's conference... Uh, was as buzzy as ever. It was so busy. There were over 9,000 delegates there. So for me, the highlights have to always include meeting up with old friends and, and industry colleagues is, is undoubtedly one of the most joyful things out of the, out of the whole thing. Um, but also getting the opportunity to speak on the panel uh, on behalf of the CII in, in this role on, on the board. It's the Broking Association Conference. So, it's the, as the Trade Association, Bieber, it's, um, we're talking to broking members and to be able to have a discussion about what good looks like in insurance broking felt like the most topical um, thing. And I think it was the fact that it was a packed room. There were people standing at the back um, meant that people wanted to come and talk about it. So, raising standards in our profession is a key pillar of, of of what the CII are trying to do and the wider picture, what the regulator wants to achieve and what we want as, as brokers. So, yeah, meeting old friends and speaking on panels was was were the two for me. Brilliant. Yeah, I must admit, I um, yeah, 9,000 people. It's crazy, wasn't it? But it was a, a great buzz and uh, I got to meet, I got some great contacts and send in my network and um, it, it got in touch with people or made contact with people who will actually help us with what we're doing as well, help us provide some member services. So um, yeah, that's what the conference is all about. Yeah, perfect for that. And what about you, Florence? Um, for me, a highlight has definitely got to be the Bieber Young Broker Day because um, this year we had 40 or so students in attendance. So we got, you know, we had the opportunity to present to young people outside of our profession, which I think is something you don't you don't get very often outside of sort of schools and career visits. So, so yeah, that was fascinating. And also I loved the particularly the session on the economic seesaw with all the um, sort of like previous MPs and politicians on. That was fascinating again. Um, and then Mo Farah had to be a real highlight as well. And I did actually accidentally meet him just before that session. So that has got to be a massive highlight for me. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! That was great. Yeah, I must admit the uh, the content on the stage was was fantastic, and listening to Mo's, I think it was a great end to the session, wasn't it? Because he really touched everyone's hearts with his story, and and you know, obviously, the theme of Bieber was um, was rising to the challenge, and and you know, and, and that's that's his story all over, really, isn't it? So that's great. So obviously, we hosted the Broken Community Fringe session, which you were both on the panel for, and that was on the second day of the conference, and that discussed what good looks like in broking uh, when it comes, yeah, when it comes to insurance broking. Could you give listeners a taste of what was discussed at that? Uh, Florence first. Yeah. So for me, the ongoing theme throughout the discussion was trust and how we build that trust and how important trust is for us as brokers in each other, but also with our customers, especially after a rocky couple of years for reputation following the pandemic and, and things like that. But on top of that, we also discussed regulation, succession, qualifications, and what the younger generation think of our profession as well. So very, very interesting uh, discussion. Yeah, definitely. And Laura, your thoughts? Yeah, obviously Florence has highlighted very capably what we covered. Uh, I think one of the key things for me was a really decent debate about 
insurance broking being very different. So often often a good broker is one who can sell, but we talked a lot about um, the advice side of what we do and what sets us aside as a profession from someone who simply sells cars. So that whole debate about getting under the skin of your clients' businesses, listening, uh, a lot of it's basic stuff, but I think it was, it was a great debate for highlighting why we are a profession rather than just an industry. And yeah, very engaging from the floor as well. Lots of questions. We talked about transparency, which was really interesting um, in terms of our own earnings, but also in terms of the cover that we're selling to clients. Um, so yeah, transparency generated a lot of queries from the floor. So I think that was a, another one that was supporting that whole point of trust that Florence has mentioned. It was a great debate. Yeah, that, that was really good, actually, wasn't it? There was a lot of engagement from the audience and lots of nodding heads whenever you guys were talking, th- you know, saying things, which I thought was really good. That's encouraging to see that, um, yeah, there is kind of a unified view. Um, so that, that was really good. So Steve White, C- CEO of Bieber, in some of his opening remarks, um, talks about engaging with the next generation of brokers and investing in apprenticeships. Uh, what is your take on that? And are there other ways we should be looking to develop interest in the profession? We'll start with you, Laura. Yeah. So uh, we talked about apprenticeships actually in the fringe session as well. Um, and in my own firm here, we've um, we've done we've done a couple of apprenticeships, and we're going to do a couple more. Yeah, apprenticeships are fabulous. They they bring people into the sector, and they give them a solid framework for getting a qualification and getting training and learning the job as they go. So absolutely invaluable. Um, but I think we need to make sure that we're looking and making the profession as open as we can at all levels. So we want to be encouraging graduates, school leavers, return to work parents, people who've had a career break, people who want a career change. So massively important that we encourage people at all stages of life into uh, actually apprenticeships does that because it doesn't have to just be young people. Um, But I think it's with talent shortage as it is and with the the world as it is in terms of, or sorry, the UK as it is in terms of um, struggling to find people across lots of professions, uh, massively important that we make sure all of our doors are open and we're out at careers fairs and, uh, well, everywhere we can be and talking about insurance breaking as a profession to get into. Yeah, it's interesting you said sort of people uh, maybe changing careers as well, because we often talk about the younger generation. And actually, I think the, the, the world's changing more and more where people are actually getting partway through the career and thinking, is this really what I want to do? Does this really suit my values? You know, is, is this aligned? I've, am I going to look back on my life and feel pleased what I've done? Um, so, yeah. So so those. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an important point that we don't forget those guys as well. Yeah, Florence, your answer to that one? Yeah, so completely agree with everything Laura said and also Steve's comments um, in his opening talk. I guess I'm a big advocate of apprenticeships, having joined the industry via an apprenticeship myself when I was 17. And I think things have only progressed positively since then. I didn't do a, a CII apprenticeship. I just did the sort of... I can't quite remember the formal name for it, but a standard sort of business administration apprenticeship. But yeah, I know the apprenticeships to CII run now, you know, help you get your certificate in insurance, which is fantastic. You know, why would you not want to earn money whilst getting a qualification and building your career? But I think I might have touched upon it in on the panel, actually. But we, um, myself and Emma Rawlinson of Atlanta Group, we held a session on our career story so far in the Bieber Young Broker Day. And before we ran the session, we asked some young brokers and students to give us a word or a phrase that they associate with with the profession. So beforehand, we got phrases like boring, rip off, necessary evil and unknown, um, which 
we're sort of as expected um, and what I've heard previously. But then once Emma and myself had given our sort of career stories and taken a couple of questions, the answers which came out were slightly different in that they then thought the industry provided opportunity. It was inspiring, motivating and rewarding. So that just goes to show how how much we can change the the narrative and the view of the profession simply by making people aware of it um, and just how vast the the career options are. Um, Like I said, that was just myself and Emma on a 30 minute talk, you know, at the BB Young Broker Day and we managed to change people's opinions of it that quickly. So I think it's positive, but yeah, we've got to do more with getting out to schools and careers fairs and things to promote. Yeah, and that's a great example, isn't it, of what can be done if it if it's done right, and that communication piece and the positioning piece is, uh, yeah, and getting getting out. I know the CII do do some stuff with local um, uh, education establishments, uh, but obviously limited, I guess, on how much we can do. Uh, but yeah, we definitely need to do more of it, don't we? So, Laura, you were involved in another panel discussion, ESG for brokers, uh, what to do. Could you tell us a little bit more about what was covered in that session? Uh, yeah, sure. Um- it was a really interesting panel, actually, because I was the only insurance broker. And then you had someone from Zurich, someone from AXA Excel, and someone from the ABI. So I felt like the lone voice of the broker in that panel. Um, and actually, the debate that ensued kind of uh, demonstrated why we do need to kind of go back to basics in helping brokers to implement ESG strategies in their own businesses, because ESG uh kind of comes down from the big corporates. You've got teams uh, with lawyers attached who are working out big strategies, analyzing huge amounts of data and coming down the line with kind of big strategic ESG um, ideas when actually what we really need to do is a bit like with regulation as a whole is we need to sit down and, and look at uh, the size of the firm and then a proportionate response to, to the to the need to be looking at ESG. So in this session, we talked about all sorts of different things that, that we can do. Firstly, like if you're in a rented office, could you look at changing your lighting? Could you look at doing more recycling? Could you put electric car points in? So some of the obvious climate ones that you can do from your little sphere of influence. And then we looked at community and um, and doing work in, in, in the community. So, so charity work, supporting local youth organisations, but then how you implement stuff for your own staff to make sure your own staff are well so the community part takes in in that as well and then the the GB and the governance and the need to record data and be able to talk about your own ESG work so it was it it coincided with Bieber launching their mini guide on ESG for brokers which is designed exactly for what I've said which is to help brokers um, start their journeys continue their journeys enhance their journeys to, to having an ESG strategy but also and this is massive in our profession, it's being able to talk to our clients about ESG and why ESG matters to them and why underwriters are starting to take it into account in terms of um, have you got an ESG strategy, therefore are you a better risk, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so much going on in that space. It's such a broad spectrum of, of issues that sit underneath those three little letters. So it's, it's important that we make it manageable and bite-sized for people to be able to put something in place in their own business so that's that's kind of what we chatted about in that session yeah i totally agree and it was really good it was a really well uh, visited session as well wasn't it i mean it was, it was in one of the biggest seminars and there were a lot of people in there a lot of questions being asked and 
Yeah, we had a fab question at the end. If I've got time, I'd just like give a little nod to it. There was a um, a chap there from uh, the insurance industry in Nigeria. And as soon as he started talking about a question from a Nigerian angle, I panicked that I wouldn't be able to say anything. But he was because um, diversity and inclusion is a massive part of ESG and making sure that that we're inclusive, that the um, equality and, and, and all of those boxes are ticked. But he said to me, or he said to the panel, but I answered, uh, from Nigeria, he can't understand why we have such an issue with gender equality, why there's a gender pay gap, why women are not on a completely equal footing, because in Nigeria they are, which I thought was fascinating. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a good one to debate afterwards. But um, yeah, lots of important issues. Yeah, I think, I think what was really good, though, was like I said, we went quite basic on some of the things that you can do quite easily and i'm sure so a lot of the a lot of the, the guys there would have taken a lot of good things away no really good session and like i said great to see so many people there interested uh flo did you did you want to add anything i don't know whether you in, in, sat in on that session at all did you at the esg unfortunately i didn't get the opportunity no because i was hosting the young broker day but um absolutely was one i wanted to attend <laughs> Okay, so finally, if I could ask for your number one takeaway from the event, what would it be? I'll go with Flo first. So, um, biggest takeaway has got to be the pure passion for the profession. So, it, it really came across to me this year, and it does every year, but I suppose the, the sheer number that attended this year, the, how we are just one big passionate community of professionals who really care about customers and their businesses people's biggest concerns are our reputation and our future and they would only be concerned for things like that if, if they truly you know cared and loved the industry and which they clearly do so that's got to be my biggest takeaway is how much everyone in the industry actually loves it mm. yeah definitely there's a lot of passion in that room wasn't there and um yeah and and laura your thoughts yeah so <laughs> i've been going as i said for, for such a long time but i feel like my takeaway is always quite similar and that is the importance of your network um, on our network because we've been in the industry for so long and because we've worked with Bieber and the CII and, and done all these um, amazing things we've, we've got uh, as business as people we've got the most amazing network now so in terms of getting new products for our clients doing deals with insurers meeting new I, I, I just think that conference facilitates you, you can double the size of your network if you work hard enough and as you've just said, Tim, you, you met loads of new people. So I think that that's my huge takeaway um, is always the power of the network in terms of getting getting more for ourselves as individuals and more for ourselves as businesses and then for our customers. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, I think the biggest thing with the networking for me was actually um, finding people who would be fantastic to work with us throughout the year with, you know, as, as, as we provide more content for our members in the broken community. So, um, yeah, I've got lots of people to be getting in touch with over the next few weeks to uh, to pencil some time in and some great ideas. So, yeah, I think Florence's point was great as well, because um, the passion was, was obvious, as, as she said, but also in terms of trying to attract talent, if you bring, I would not be worried about bringing a 16-year-old to that conference and then thinking it was boring because there is so much. And, and I know we put on a lot for young brokers, but the session with Dr. Alex George and Fern Cotton and Joe Wicks and Ellie Simmons and Mo Farah, and then some of the stuff going on on the stands was really exciting and vibrant and interesting. And I think you would bring young people along to show them what 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 the the depth of our industry and what what opportunities there are for people to to progress within it. Yeah, 
No, I totally agree. Totally agree. It was, uh, I think bringing that kind of content, it was very well thought out in that, um, you know, it's not just there to talk about insurance or broking. It's showing how it relates to just to normal life, really. And, and you know, challenges everywhere in the world that we can apply to every day. So, so yeah, really, really good stuff. Okay. Well, I guess the last thing for me to do is to thank you, Laura and Florence, for joining me today on the podcast. It's been really lovely speaking to you both. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And obviously, just to thank the listeners uh, for, for listening to the episode of CII Radio. To find out more, you can visit the journal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts or follow us on Twitter at CII Group. But until next time, it's goodbye from all of us. Thank you.